Well, good morning. Praise the Lord for a wonderful day. That's right. I was a, once a sinner and was glad of it. But preachers preached to me that hell was real and heaven was real. And I kind of believed it historically. But one night the Holy Ghost got me hemmed up and let me know how lost I was and scared me to death. And I, I asked God to give me faith to believe in him, and he did. And I appreciate that. And I'd second what Brother Chris had to say this morning, that the world today is, for the most part, religious in some direction. But... Religion is what men does, and salvation is what God gives. It's the gift of God. I'd like to say at the offset this morning that I'm grateful to be here today. Most people do not reach 90 years old. And as I said yesterday, you only do that with the help of the Lord. Now, I've got mixed feelings when I say that. Because Apostle Paul said, I have a desire to go and be with the Lord. So if you're saved, it's better where you're going and where we are. But yet our fleshly man clings to life. And when we get sick, we'll go to the hospital and... They'll do procedures on us and send us a bill for $12,000 and we'll pay it and, and I would too. I'm not getting on anybody. I'm just saying, you know, that's the way we are. Life is precious and, and we prove that. But how much would you give for eternal life? See? And so... But let me say at the offset, lest I'll be misunderstood, eternal life is free. It doesn't cost you anything, but it costs God something. So, so I am grateful to be, have a birthday today, and thank all of you that have expressed uh, your congratulations to me. My wife has been congratulating me, been congratulating me for three days, and I appreciate that. And who could get along without a good helpmate? And I appreciate her and say it's good to have our visitors today. Good to have the Pollards from Pollard. <laughs> good to have a young man over here from, that's a member of the Air Force. Let me say to, to him, I have been in the military. I was not privileged to be in the Air Force, I was, I was, uh, yeah, into the Army. It's been many years ago. Military life is something that, if you haven't experienced it, nobody could tell you all about it. 
Uh, we still tell tales and I amuse people with things that happened to me in basic training. And back in the old days in basic training, it was really basic training. And, and you did it whether you wanted to do it or not. And they had a saying, we can't make you do it, but we can make you wish you had. And, and they could. So life is precious and it's good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm grateful for the house of the Lord. The most thing that I am appreciative of is Jesus Christ. He died on Calvary's cross for me. I didn't know it. Uh, people told me, yeah, you believe Jesus died? Oh, yeah, I believe he died. But it, like Brother Chris said, it wasn't real to me. It was a historical fact. But now it's real to me. And let me say again, the greatest thing that ever happened was Jesus. The greatest event, and, and, and we don't know it, history don't record it, but the greatest event that ever happened on the earth was Jesus Christ dying on Calvary's cross. Now that will be manifested, I think, over yonder. That's the greatest thing that ever happened. And, and so I am glad you're here this morning. We love folks. It is my uh, intent to bring you what God said. And most people just surmise what God said. They don't have any idea what God really said. And I hope that everybody here believes the Bible because the King James Bible is the authorized version. I believe the other versions have things left out and maybe some things inserted that don't belong. But what the, the, the instructions we get from this Bible, can I say this to you personally, is the most important thing that you will ever learn on earth. And I hope you learn it. I hope it don't continue to be a historical fact with you. I have gone through the book of Romans, which I will say again, most of y'all already know it, book of Romans is my favorite book in the Bible because it is so clear on what God's relationship to man is. Paul does not mince words, and I will bring you some of those words today. I finished the book last week, and I, I told a pastor I would like to kind of summarize it this morning, and uh, I, I want to do that in your hearing. I want, I want to go back and look at some things that we covered already, but I want to mention them again because I feel like they are utmost importance for us to realize. So I would like to look again to a few verses in Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Like I said now, for you Bible readers, we are, we are what the teachers used to say. We're, we're in book review this morning. All right? But I want, to, uh, I, want, I want to remind us of some things that the Apostle Paul was trying to get us to, to realize 
and trying to get the world to realize, and of course, you Bible readers know he was writing this letter to the church at Rome, and at that time, at that time, the Jewish religion was prominent in this part of the world. So many, many things that he had to say had a Jewish uh, slant to them that he might teach the Jews that they were no longer under the law of Moses. The law of Moses. Now the law was good and just, but the law did not save anybody and never could. One good preacher that some of us know, he said the law was like a mirror on the wall. It shows you where the dirt is, but it it can't get it off. And I thought that was a good analogy. See, that's what the law was. The law of Moses is what we're talking about here. But I'm in, I, I want to take a few minutes this morning to, to look at Romans chapter 3, and I'd like to start with verse 10. Romans chapter 3, verse 10. As it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understandeth, there's none that seeketh after God. Now, that it reaches down to fallen man and lets us know how far away from God we are. And I say this often in my teaching, most people think that God is going to gather everybody up in judgment and, uh, and, and he's going to read our deeds. And if the good deed outweighs the bad, you'll go to heaven when you die. You'll go to heaven when judgment is completed. But that's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible anywhere. But what is in the Bible is what I just read to you. And it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. Now that's not, and let let me be clear about this, this is not when your mama looks at you, or your dad, or your girlfriend. This is when God looks at us. See, there's none good, no, not one. There's none that understandeth. And, 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 and Brother Chris mentioned this morning, the religions of the world, why do they believe the things that they believe? It's because they have no true understanding of who they are or who God is. See, now can I be real honest with us this morning? I love you. I love you as people, and I don't say this to offend you. But you and I are physically, if you trace us on back to Adam, we're made of dust. And when Adam sinned and God confronted Adam about it, he said, uh, 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 Thou art of dust, and of dust thou shalt return. So if the world lasts long enough, every one of us is going to the grave, and your body's going to turn back to dust. And if the scientists should go... Uh, 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 sift up your ashes or your, or your remains after many years and they take it to a lab and analyze it, what do they find? They find elements of dirt. They find magnesium. They find some calcium. They find some phosphorus. So, And I'm just trying to prove to you in your literal mind that we are made of dirt way back yonder. Now, I'm not trying to say you're dirty, Right now, I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying we're going to return to dirt. So that's who we are when God sees us. 
Now, I don't want to mislead you right there. For God so loved the world of mankind that he gave his only begotten Son, now don't end right there, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. See? So even though <clears throat> that's where we came from, <clears throat> when God created Adam, he, Adam was tr- twice created. If you go back and read the account of creation, God created the animals, he created the fish, and he created the birds. That's it. But when he created man, he, he made a body. And then he said, and God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Right. Now man has got a soul. The soul is that part of you inside you that's going to live somewhere forever. See, now my flesh is going to deteriorate, but my soul won't. So so back to the lesson this morning. See, there's none that understandeth, there's none that seeketh after God. What do they not understand? People do not really understand who they are, and they do not really understand who God is. See, some people think, well, me and God's got a good deal going. I met a car salesman some time ago, and I kind of mentioned the Lord to him. Oh, yeah, me and the Lord's got a good thing going. I said, where do you go to church? Oh, well, I don't go very much. Uh, So, you know, I mean, mean, he had had an idea of a fleshly buddy system with God. I'm sorry God don't buddy up with us. He's way above us. God is forever. He's forever in heaven. Uh, the psalm said, from everlasting to everlasting, he is God. I'm not that way. You're not that way. From everlasting to everlasting, I'm not Glenn Pollard. I'm temporary, <clears throat> but he's not. <clears throat> so let me go on. I'm not going to get my lesson done if I don't. <clears throat> they are all, <clears throat> verse 12, they are all gone out of the way. They are to together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Now, if you read that carefully, how are you going to appear before God and let your deeds be checked out by God when he told us in his word, none of us are good in his sight? Now, don't mean, does not mean I'm in my life that, that, I'm, that I'm supposed to steal and kill and and, and criticize people don't mean that. We should do that, but it won't get you to heaven. That's what he's that's what he's pointing out here. See, all right. <clears throat> their throat is an open sepulcher, and with their tongues they've used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. <clears throat> is that true of us? Be really honest. Now don't answer me verbally. Really honest. Is our mouth full of cursing and bitterness sometime in your life? Huh? You see what I mean? And God knows it. I've, I've met a few people, and maybe I've said it myself in my past. So-and-so told a little white lie. Well, now, in, in human language, that means I told a lie, and it didn't harm anybody, but it really wasn't the truth. But 
with God, there are no white lies. You see what I mean? In other words, there's not any little sins and big sins when it comes to sin nature. Now, in the church it is, but not, not in sin nature. See, well, so he said here, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Now, that don't mean that you do that all the time, but it means that most people does it most of the time. All right? Their feet are swift to shed blood, the destruction and misery are in their ways. The way of peace have they not known. There's no fear of God before their eyes. And I am appalled when I meet people, even people I'm well acquainted with, that have no fear of God. Have no fear of God. Do you know, can I say this to you? I'm not pointing anybody out. I'm just making a statement. When somebody takes God's name in vain, they are, they are issuing a statement that I don't fear God. Because the Bible said, Thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain, for God will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. See? So it's frightening to me to hear that. <clears throat> All right? No fear. For we know that what things soever the law saith, it says then that under the law, every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become Guilty before God. <clears throat> now I just read that out of the, out of the, out of the Bible. What, what is the message that that verse gave us? What's the message? Let's read the last phrase of that, uh, that sentence again. And all the world may become guilty before God. Not, not guilty before me. Not guilty before uh, Brother Bell. Guilty before God. Now I'm reading the Bible. Guilty before God. What are you guilty of? You're guilty of sin. Guilty of sin. See? All right. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. See, that's what I said a while ago about the mirror. See? That's what I said a while ago about the mirror. There's no knowledge. Uh, by the law, there's the knowledge of sin. The law lets us know that we're outlaws. Now, maybe not at the local sheriff, but in the sight of God. See? In other words, we're depraved. Depraved is a word I use. It's not found in the Bible. But depraved means total void of righteousness. And in our flesh, we're depraved in the sight of God. See? God looks at us. In a person, before you've been saved, he don't see a good person. He sees a sinner. I'm included. But when you get saved, now I'm not talking about joining the church or getting baptized with water. I'm talking about getting born again, of the born from above. When God looks at you, he sees you as a just person in his son. See, I'm going to heaven, but I'm not going because I've been a good man. I, one preacher uh, made a little statement like this, and I think I'll give it to you. He said, he was talking to a man, he said, uh, he said, well, preacher said, explain just how you go to heaven. He said, well, it's kind of like this. He said, where does your mom and dad live? And he said, well, they live in Tennessee. 
He said, and he told him what town he lived in, which was a strange town. He said, if I went down to your, and looked up your mom and daddy's house, knocked on the door, and, and introduced myself, said, would they let me in? And, and the boy said, probably not. Why? I'm a stranger. He said, but if I took you and went up on the porch and knocked on the door and you're with me, would they let us in? He said, oh, yeah, they'd let us in. He said, that's the way I'm going to heaven. Jesus is going to go with me and God's going to let us in. Amen. You see, now that's why the reason I'm saying that, I want, I want to explain what I mean by that. See, and Paul made a statement, we are in Christ and Christ is in God. You see, so that's how we go to heaven. Not as the, I just read there, see, that, uh, that we were all sinners. And therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But the righteousness which is without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by the faith, by faith of Jesus Christ unto all, upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's what God's saying. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's what God knows about us. God knows everything. He never forgot anything that he didn't want to forget. See, he knows everything. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus to whom God has set forth to be a perpetuation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness by the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. See? So what did that verse say? How are we justified? Well, I'm going to go give the Red Cross $50. And I'm going to help Mrs. Smith over there with a bill of groceries. That's good. But the Bible just told us that don't, make, that don't get you into heaven. A justifier of them that believe in Jesus. See, now I'm not talking about historical belief. See, we just got through with Christmas. And a lot of the world was saying, well, that's when... Jesus was born, so we're going to celebrate his birth. I'm okay with celebrating Jesus, but, but that's a historical belief. See? So, so you say, well, what, how do we, how do we what, what's our state before God? Well, I'm glad you asked. Turn with me to Ephesians. Turn with me with Ephesians, to Ephesians <clears throat> chapter 2. And I know, church, I've already said this, but I'm, I'm recapitulating this morning. Ephesians chapter 2. I hope you'll turn there. Ephesians chapter 2. Same man talking, talking to another group. He said, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. He's talking to saved people here. Okay? Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. 
When you were lost, you did walk that way, didn't you? I did. We did. See? Why? My nature. My nature, you know. My friends come by and they'd mention things that the Bible said not do. Oh, yeah, let's go do that. And we love to do it. Why? Because that's my nature. That was my nature. See? All right. Among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. What were we? As far as God was concerned? See, what, what, what is lost people as far as God's concerned? And, and he's telling us, he's not, he's not slandering us, he's just telling us the truth. We're really, really, really children of wrath. Why? Because we've got Adam's sin nature. See? I don't know. I don't know what sins carried you away. But most everybody that's not saved has got some sin that they like to do. I've got, I, I have known of people that couldn't stay away from the casino. You say, well, what's wrong with the casino? Well, if you win, it's unjust gain. And the Bible does talk about that, by the way. It's unjust gain. But, but people, get, people get in a state of place where they can't quit. I could say the same thing about alcohol. I could say the same thing about drugs. I say the same, but I'm talking about casino gambling. See? And, and, and so people get addicted to that. Why? Why? Why, why does that capture them? Because of our nature. Our nature. And Peter made, and Brother, Brother Bell's been teaching this pretty uh, steadfastly out of the book of Peter. Peter talked about people that couldn't cease from sinning. And I've heard of people and met one or two that, well, I just can't quit. I just can't, I've tried to quit, but I just can't quit. Certain, a certain habit. Why? Because of our nature. See? One preacher said, our human nature loves sin like a hog loves slop. And, and that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just telling you what God sees. So we read here about, we read here about what we are by nature. We're children of wrath. Children of wrath means that in the, in the final analysis of things, God is going to judge us to be unfit for eternal life and the Bible's got more to say about a burning hell than it does heaven. But hell was not prepared for man. Read, read uh, uh, Matthew chapter 25. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. But if you, but if you, but if you refuse God and you refuse God's message, you're going to hell with him. 
That's the only place they are for you. I mean, I read over there in, in Revelation. Is it, is it chapter 20? There was a great host of lost people, and there was pl- no place found for them on the earth. Well, where is their place? We'll read the next two, th- two or three verses, and it shows you where their place is. They are cast into the lake of fire. That's real. I know Hollywood's got us, uh, got us all messed up, and, and, and they feed them movies out like the end of the world, and they show uh, all that junk. I hadn't seen it, but I know it's, it's a junky deal. And, and they, but at the end of the movie, they finally come out of it. You ain't finally coming out of this. All right, I'm about out of time. But let me go now, you say. Well, you mentioned a while ago, Mr. Pollard, about people believing historically. Let me turn you to Romans 10. I, I didn't cover near as much of the book of Romans as I intended to. My times got up on me, and that's okay. Okay, let's go to Romans chapter 10. And, uh, and I want to take just the last few minutes here to talk about this. Romans chapter 10, let's look at verse 5. For Moses describeth the righteousness which of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. Now that don't mean you meet Mr. Smith out here and you say, Mr. Smith, are you going to heaven? Well, I'm trying. I'm doing the best I can. And some people are. But the best you can on your own is not going to get you to heaven. Okay? Verse 6. But the righteousness which is by, of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thy heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ, uh, bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. See, at this church we preach a word of faith. We do. It's a word of faith. Without faith, no, no person will go to heaven when you die. All right? Next verse. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now I see, I see a word in that verse that I want to dwell on just a minute. Heart. Thou believe in thy heart. One lady we've got got saved, and they said, uh, you want to testify? And she said, I made a profession when I was 12 years old, said, I believed in my head. I believed the gospel in my head. But said, I got under conviction, and now I believe in my heart. There is a difference. It's good for you to believe in your head, but you got to send it on further. Okay? Verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Now did you get that? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. That is real righteousness. Not living the law, but believing in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. In other words, you won't be confused. See? Of course, there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord 
over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I realize some, some evangelists use that verse out of context. That does not mean if I just mechanically say, Lord, save me with my mouth, that don't do it. With the heart man believeth. With the heart man believeth. See? And I say this to people, uh, and, and, and I say it in love. You already believe Jesus Christ in your head. Take it on down to your heart. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, ask God to show you what to do. See? The first thing a lost person needs to do, according to the Bible, is find out you're lost. And admit it. Admit it to yourself. You don't have to admit it to Brother Bill. You don't have to admit it to me. You don't have to admit it to Brother Larry. Just admit to yourself you're lost. And ask God with all your heart to show you what to do about it. See? Because God wants people to be saved. And, and, and we teach, we teach no-so salvation. And God gives you, gives you salvation, he'll let you know it. So, Mr. Pollard, will he send an angel? No, he won't. Well, will he send a, a thundercloud? No, he won't. He'll send the Holy Ghost. And the first, thing you, the first thing you know is, I feel clean. Now, I don't know how you'll express it. I don't, I don't go into that realm. Some people express it very uh, emotionally. That's fine. And some don't express it too, with too much emotion. But something happened to me. See, now, can I say this as your friend? If you're lost, now I don't know who's lost. I don't know who's saved. But if you're lost, don't do that because I say it. Do it because the Bible said it. Search with him with all your heart, the Bible says, and you shall find him. That's what the Bible said. Search for the Lord with all your heart, and thou shalt find him. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm completely out of time. I thank you for listening to me this morning. Thank you again for those of you that's uh, presented me some presents. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You don't have to. I love you anyway, but some of you have, and thank, thank you from the bottom of my heart, and I hope and pray that you'll have a good day. And my closing words is if you're not saved, get saved. God wants you to get saved. This church wants you to get saved. Brother Bell wants you to get saved. But you got to do it according to this. You can't, you can't fake it. All right. Thank you very much.